Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Astros Baseball. My special guest tonight is a legendary broadcaster for the Astros, Mr. Bill Brown. Thanks for uh, joining me on the podcast once again. My pleasure, Rob. Happy Fourth. Thanks. I was just telling you that I'm pretty excited. Three day weekend. I didn't even know. Somebody at work told me that we're off Friday, and I didn't even know it was July already. Everything just happening so fast. Yeah, it's been a crazy summer, and uh, it will be different for baseball as well when that starts up in about three weeks. You know, one thing me and my wife have figured out is that we don't know what to watch on TV. There's nothing on. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been watching. <laughs> yeah, there, there's nothing nothing on at all. So, uh, let's. you mind if we talk about your book? You said you're you starting to write a book? I'd love to talk about it. It's, uh, the title is Sportscasting 101, Rob, and it's, uh, it's written for um, young people folks who want to become sportscasters, but, you know, the more interviews I do, and I had a nice chat with Steve Sparks today, I'm thinking just general sports fans would like it because it tells a lot of the stories of the people on the air that uh, a lot of folks grew up listening to, and they might want to really read more about them and where they went to school, how they made their career choices, and things of that nature. Yeah, I remember when you were on the first time, I I think I asked you about your entire career, and I found that episode one of the most interesting ones that I've ever done. So I would be interested in the book. Well, I can tell you that I'm fired up. I want to start all over again now because I'm learning how to do it from the pros, what I should have done you know, 40 and 50 years ago. I wish I had known that then. <laughs> so what gave you the idea to do the book? Uh, boredom was one thing <laughs> that's what I was going to say again. so honestly but I, I had this thought um, back in oh maybe January or February of doing this just because you know you get up there in years you're getting toward the end of the line you'd like to do something to help somebody because you remember all the people who helped you along the line and I was going to wait till 2021 to do it but then the pandemic set in so why not now and you know it's been great because all these people 
people have been available now <laughs> out of work, unfortunately. So it's been great to, to get them and get access to them, um, uh, you know, at various times without having to wait very long for it because they're not on a road trip and they're not on the air. Can you give me some other names of other people you've talked to to put them in this book? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all of the Astros broadcasters, uh, by the end of the week, uh, when Jeff Blum and I chat, that will be all of the Astros broadcasters. Um, and then uh, I talked to Eric Nadell, the Rangers Hall of Fame broadcaster, and then Eric helped me out with some contact information and I talked with Brad Sham of the Dallas Cowboys and uh, Mark Vandermeer of the Texans. And then we went to hockey and there's a young guy, Josh Bogorad, who does the Dallas Stars. And then Ralph Strangis, who is retired from doing Dallas Stars, did the Stanley Cup winning team there. And um, then soccer, Glenn Davis in Houston does the Dynamo games. And uh, so it's been basketball, Bill Schoening of, of San Antonio there, your neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, so it's been, you know, we've, we've got all the major team sports covered and it's, it's really been very enlightening. So the, the book is more of a learning tool for someone that wants to be a broadcaster. Yeah, it's geared. Um, I asked all of these people for advice that they would give, uh, to young, uh, sportscaster wannabes who, who want to do, and it's, it's primarily play by play, Rob. It's not necessarily so much uh, studio shows, although I did talk to Charlie Palillo, who's kind of the king of radio sports talk here in Houston and has been since 89, but, uh, primarily, you know, 90% of it is geared to play by play. Uh, I did talk with Julie Morales at the sideline report for Astros TV to get that aspect of it, but, but play-by-play, um, color commentary, but uh, I would say about 80, 75, 80% of it is guys who went to uh, school for play-by-play, most of them college, how they decided to go to which colleges, what they learned there, what they didn't learn there, uh, where they started in the business, and how they got to where they are today. So when do you uh, expect this book to come out? How much, how much further away are you? Well, I'm not that much further from finishing the writing, but then this uh, young lady who's a high school journalism teacher here in Houston is helping with uh, the book, and she's uh, going to really make it look pretty. <laughs> yeah. So she's going to do, do the setup part of it. Uh, so the pages look great, and you know the headlines are just proper and all these things. Uh, make it more readable. And uh, she's really busy right now, so I, I think it may be August, but that would still be a lot faster than I thought it would be when I started. A lot of people, well, I guess not, I guess everybody pretty much almost, uh, when they write a book, they usually have someone, either one of their heroes or someone close to them, do the foreword. Do you have anyone in mind to do that for this? I've thought about it, and I've done from uh, previous books. Uh, Craig Vigio did one for me years ago. Very nice of him, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm just not going to have a forward in this book. And I, I did think about it, but I decided to pass on that. I don't know how many people read the forward. Uh, I do when I'm reading books, but um, the fact that this is for a younger audience, you know, high school, college primarily, Although I do think uh, I do think older sports fans will read it, 
kind of led me to think, let, let's get right after it here. Let's not slow up, slow anybody down from starting chapter one. So we, we get right into it pretty quickly. When, whenever I read books, I don't think I read that either. I was just, you know, I, I've talked to other people that, you know, wrote books and they always have someone interesting to uh, do the forward. But yeah, you're right. You know, uh, so what is your favorite baseball book of all time? Do you have one? Um, yeah, I like game six because I was there at game six of the 1975 World Series. That's one of my favorites. It, uh, it's just a marvelous, uh, not only does it tell you what happened in that World Series, which was an epic seven-game series. You remember Carlton Fisk won game six with his uh, home run off the left field foul pole. Yeah. But uh, he goes into a lot of the great background. You know, Louis Tiant was pitching for the Red Sox. And he was from Cuba, and they were trying to get his parents um, out of Cuba and into uh, the United States so, so they could see the World Series. And so there are a lot of backstories uh, with the uh, careers of the players involved, a lot of great players in that series. Of course, the Reds guys, they had all those Hall of Famers, and then you had you know, Freddie Lynn and Fisk and uh, just just a ton of people on the Red Sox, too. So it was a very interesting series. And I thought Game 6 was one of the best sports books I've read. Mm, I'm going to give that one a try. Uh, do you have a favorite baseball movie? Yeah, and I, I would pick one that most people wouldn't pick, Trouble with the Curve. Oh, that's I like it. That's a pretty good one. I thought it was great as far as insight into a scout played by Clint Eastwood and I, I thought he did a marvelous job of acting and I believe he also directed the picture uh, but uh, of course you wouldn't know it but they took and this isn't the reason I just thought it was a good movie but they took a little clip out of an Astros TV game and, and put it in there about 15-20 seconds long <laughs> oh. <laughs> so let's go to this year you have uh, it's going to be different for the broadcasting team so I'll kind of make this a broadcasting episode. Uh, so we all know that the broadcasting team will not be traveling with the Astros when they're on the road. Do you know if they're going to do the games from the stadium? I've heard that they might. Um, and I, I don't think it's determined yet. But um, I know when I talked with Eric Nadell for this book, he said that he had been told by the Rangers that if he wanted to drive to the games in Houston, he could do that if he wanted to be at the stadium. But other than that, there wouldn't be any travel for the Rangers broadcasters. And I said, well, how are you going to know who's warming up in the bullpen and you know who's on deck to pinch hit? And he said, well, I've been told that we will uh, be at our stadium if the team's on the road, if I'm not in Houston. And they will have a media relations person uh, in the press box on the phone to another Rangers media relations person in the stadium. And that guy will be relaying, hey, you know, so-and-so is warming up at the bullpen. And then at, uh, I forget the name of it, I guess Globe Life Field is the name of the new Rangers ballpark. Yeah. Uh, so the media relations person there in the press box at Globe Life Field will be announcing over the press box PA who's warming up with the bullpen, that kind of thing. And that's how the word gets to the broadcasters. The first question I had for you going over this was how difficult do you think it'll be to cover a game 
as far as doing the play-by-play if you're just watching the game through the monitor? I think it will be most difficult, and um, Steve Sparks and I talked about this today. He agrees. You know, you're just so limited in what you can see on that monitor. It's what you can't see, and you're not used to it. You're used to being able to look anywhere you want to look in the ballpark uh, to pick up your binoculars and, and look through those and see who's warming up in the bullpen or to just glance down and see who's coming out of the on-deck circle or, or just any number of things. You know, your, your view is just so limited by that TV monitor that it's going to take a lot of adjustment on the part of broadcasters. So do you think the quality of the uh... – I guess the job that the broadcasters do might be a little worse. Just, I mean, I'm sure they'll still be good and entertaining, but it'll be a little less. The quality will be a little less because, like you said, they won't. They're going to have a little more difficulty calling the game through the monitor. Yeah, Rob. Because you know, when you're looking at a fly ball headed toward the Crawford boxes, if you're in the ballpark, you have a pretty good idea whether it would be a home run or not. But not watching on a monitor, you just you don't have the depth perception uh, watching on a TV monitor that you have when you're there in the ballpark. And there are just so many things you can't observe. Um, you're so limited. And I think I've heard some talk they may install an extra monitor or two. They might have a monitor with a camera on the bullpens. Uh, so that would be helpful to those guys if they did that, but still there would be so much they couldn't see. I think it's going to be a real challenge. Yeah. I'm sure that's how, that's the challenge people have, I guess, when they're trying to learn how to be a broadcaster, right? They, they uh, watch games and practice doing the calls. That's how you learn, isn't it? Yes. And that's difficult too. And, And that's probably a pretty good way to compare it because um, you know, it's much tougher than being at the game to try to watch on TV. And, you know, a lot of times they may not have the proper camera work. So you may be faked out because you can't see the play. Um, the other thing uh, now with today's game, with all the shifting defensive players, is that you can really be buffaloed by, you know, some teams don't put the second baseman out in shallow right field on a shift against the left-handed full hitter. They move the third baseman out there because maybe he has a better arm and maybe their second baseman, you know, can't really make that throw as well. Um, so unless somebody's telling you that they're shifting around, you know there's a left-handed pull hitter coming out, but you don't exactly know where those infielders are going to be positioned. They're probably not going to get a shot of that for you. Yeah, the, the only information you're going to get is based on the camera work that they give you, right? The uh, so I was going to ask you if the have you watched the KBO how the guys call the games and they're not in the same place they're ones wherever he lives and the other guys wherever he lives do you think that will, will kind of hurt the chemistry between the two guys? It could, um, you know. Sparky was just telling me today, Steve Sparks, that uh, 
you know, he and Robert Ford now have worked together for seven years. So there are, there are little mannerisms in the booth, little physical signs that they have between them. Whereas maybe, you know, Steve would be talking about the starting pitcher and then Robert would be adding uh, to that with some comments. And then Steve would put a finger in the air, which means he has another comment to make. And so Robert would know, hey, he's ready with something else right now. I'm going to cut short what I plan to say and get back to Steve. And things of that nature that would be missing, obviously, if the two mm. guys aren't together. I have that uh, the other podcast, Sunday Strohs, and we actually started doing it on Skype, but we used the video so we could do the same thing. You know, if someone's talking, the other guy holds his hand up to let them know, hey, I got something to comment on what you just said. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, so you talked sure. about you talked about the absence of fans. How weird would that be to call a game without anyone there? Just so strange. It just so it would be so tough to get used to. And I, for one, if I were doing a game, would be helped by having some crowd noise pumped into my headset um, because it would help me to be a little more lively myself. Because what happens, as you know, is you know when the crowd comes up with a roar on a, on a play by the home team, then you, as the broadcaster, come up to talk a little bit louder over them because mm. you've got that in your headsets. And so without that, uh, it's just going to be more difficult. It really is. Oh, so not having the crowd noise might take away some energy from the broadcasters then because there's, they don't have anything to shout over. It's a good point. I certainly think so. And, you know, there, there are techniques that they can use if they want to. I believe there is a way, as far as the engineering of it goes, that uh, that the crowd noise could be pumped into the announcer's headsets, but not on the air. And I would be in favor of that if I were doing the games, because I would want to feel like the stadium was packed, and I needed to be, you know, hyped, and I needed to be uh, really talking louder to get over that level of volume, and, and I think it would help with the energy. I really did. The last time we spoke, you told me that, I believe this is what I remember, that you are going to do a couple of shows with Shane Reynolds. Is that still happening? Well, um, it's, it's not happening. <laughs> there hasn't been much of anything happening. <laughs> but yeah, we had, we had planned to do some things. And, um, you know, I mean, we can't interact with the public now. We can't go out with players and do things. So... A lot of these plans have changed. <laughs> I thought y'all were gonna. I thought y'all were gonna call a couple of games together on the radio or something. That's not what that was. That, that's what that was. Oh, that okay. Was plan, but it just never materialized. Yeah. Now with there's only sixty games, so you'll probably there's only going to be thirty home games. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's going to be a short season. It's going to happen fast and quick. Uh, spring right. and see. You know, I mean, as you know, we, we had 162 games planned, so I think Shane and I were going to fill in because the other guys were going to get a few games off here and there, but there wouldn't be any need to schedule days off if there were only 60 games. So I, I certainly haven't heard anything from the Astros, haven't talked to Shane, but I'd be very surprised if they wanted us to work games when the other two guys only have 60 games to do. So I believe spring training starts tomorrow. Spring training part two, I've heard it called. Now they're calling it summer league. 
Have you heard them call it they're that? Calling it summer league. Yeah. So summer league. Well, tomorrow, from what I've been told, they're only showing up to get tested. Oh, okay. For COVID nineteen, and and then they have to wait a couple of days for the results to come in. So I don't think they're going to be doing anything physically in terms of a team workout for about two or three more days. They announced earlier that the uh, taxi squad is going to be in Corpus. That was a couple hours I ago. Didn't hear that. I, the, I heard they were going to be at the University of Houston, but they I just saw it on Twitter. I mean, maybe two hours ago, but they're going to be in Corpus. And I think they had to ask MLB for special permission because they're a further distance. I think they're supposed to be within 100 and they're like 250. But yeah, they did announce that. Well, I'm surprised uh, because they had announced it would be at the University of Houston. They announced that they, you know, they have brand new facilities there. They have apparently a tremendous workout room, batting cages and all that. So perhaps something happened with that facility that caused them to change. But yeah, that's news to me. So one last question for you, sir. We got 60 games this year. Corona is spiking. What are the odds that they play all 60 games? I don't know what the odds are, but I am afraid it may not work out. Um, It's a risk, but I think it's worth it because I think uh, we need that in our world today. We need the entertainment. Yes. And, uh, and, oh, man, I just can't imagine with the labor issues of the sport right now, if they didn't play any games this year to try to have to deal with that going to the next year. But uh, even though, there, you know, there's another year on the contracts, uh, but the, the two sides are just literally at odds with each other. And I think if they were to have a successful season, that might help in that sense. But I don't know. I, I just um, I think it's worth the, the effort, but I'm worried about it. So they have a 30-man roster and then 30 guys on the taxi squad. So how many, like if you had to guess, how many people on each team do you think they would allow to get positive tests before they shut it down? Well, I I don't know. I would think that they could allow for maybe maybe 10. but I think it's more likely to be, you know, I'm not predicting anything. I'm just guessing like you are. Yeah. If one particular team gets hit harder than anybody else, and we'll say, you know, 15 or 20 guys are infected, then I think even with that one team being the only one that might have any number that high, they'd have to shut it down, I would have to guess. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. If uh, I had thought like, what if Springer, Correa, Altuve, and Michael Brantley all get it at the same time? It, it, the other teams will have a big-time unfair advantage over the Astros. So I never thought about them shutting it down, but I just kind of figured that, you know, they would it would be a big disadvantage. Oh, it certainly would. And um, I, I still think it's definitely worth trying. Uh Hopefully that will not be an issue and the season will give us a World Series winner and we can move on. But, um, yeah, I I do think that um, after all the time they've spent on this, it is worthwhile to go ahead and get started. Well, Mr. Brown, that's all I have for you, sir. I appreciate you coming back on. 
Thank you, Rob. Enjoyed it. And uh, get in the swimming pool over the fourth weekend and enjoy yourself. All right. Thank you. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.